Well, hello, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of Romance at a Glance. I'm your host, Bridget. With me, as always, is my co-host, Johnny. Hello, Johnny. Hey, Bridget. How you doing, girl? Girl, I'm good. I'm good. I'm here with you. I'm good, girl. Yes, you're in the new office, kicking it. Feels Guys, so we are in a COVID pod together. We're the only people in the pod. <laughs> and it's... I mean, my kids, obviously, and husband and her partners, but (laughs) we don't have any other. There's no one else. It's just us. We're the only people we've extended the circle to, and it's glorious. (laughs) I like having a pun. I do, too. (laughs) As you guys may remember, I read Your Dad Will Do by Katie Robert and immediately knew that we had to get her on this smutty season for Shawnee. Her books are so dirty and so wonderful, and I knew that they would get you real excited, Johnny. Oh, Bridget, you treat me so good. I know I do. (laughs) And even more exciting, she agreed to come on the show and hang out with us, talking romance, sex and books, her favorite characters, the types of stories she likes to write, and how she is able to write so much every single day and month. And lots and lots more. She was great. Also, Bridge, she is giving away a copy of Desperate Measures, the first book in the Wicked Villain series, just to our listeners. Woohoo! So head over to Romance at a Glance on Instagram for your chance to win. Guys, these books are so sexy. Smoking hot. Smoking hot. Smoking hot. Let's do it. Thank you, Katie. Let's get into it. Romance at a Glance. Uh huh. Romance at a Glance. What you saying? Romance at a Glance. Go ahead, girl. So I'm super excited that you're here, Katie, because I read Your Dad Will Do and I died. I loved it so much. And we were telling our patrons and hey, girls. And I was like, you guys have to buy this book immediately because it is so, so sexy. And then I was hoping that we could get um, gifting you to your best friend, gifting him, gifting her to your best friend. Wait, I'm saying that wrong. Mixing the title. Uh, Gifting me to his best friend okay there we I should go know my own I, titles <laughs> i had the pronouns all mixed up okay gifting me to his best friend and i was like shawnee it's a married couple and he's gonna gift her to the best friend on vacation and it's gonna be a menage and they're all gonna be together and there's no audiobook so then i was like okay we still have to do katie robert i'm gonna find a book i'm gonna make it fit christmas and then i saw the wicked villain series and i was like Beauty and the Beast has a snow scene. Mm-hmm. And that was my justification for it being in Christmas. The snow. <laughs> it snows in the book. That's a holiday book. That was it. Perfect. Yeah. I, I mean, it seems legit to me. <laughs> yeah. Also, also, Bridget and I, we've actually had a poll about this on, on Instagram. Um, we, in the actual story of Beauty and the Beast, we are both very disappointed when the beast turns back human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, is anybody was anybody not disappointed? Like, because he I, not attractive. I'm no. like, what happened to the hotness of the beast? He became this like strange looking man. When the live action made it worse, because like the wig and stuff. I'm like, what are no? Stop it. <laughs> I also, in general, in the live action, think he was miscast, and I will stand yeah. by this because I think it's a bad idea to cast someone who isn't Broadway level talent. When everyone else in the movie, same with Emma, I, I like Emma. I think she's fine. You know, she's a good actress. I like her and other stuff. But you can't cast people who can't sing at the Broadway level. Have everyone else be Broadway stars because then they just sound bad at singing. They're actually not bad at singing. It's just everyone else is the apex predator of singing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. the live action was something else. I didn't hate it the way a lot of people hated it, but I didn't like love it the way I wanted to. I agree. I wanted, I loved the art 
and the costumes and this, like, it was beautiful, mm-hmm. but I wanted to feel more feels. I wanted yeah. to, to be in the emotion a little more. Um, so I was really impressed when reading your book because I think novellas can be a little tricky because they're short, but like you fit in so much story. I mean, it's raunchy as fuck. You guys, I've said it before on the podcast. I'll say it again. It's raunchy as fuck. I love it so much. You have to go buy it now, but you also fit in like such a good story and like so much emotion in that. How do you like craft those? Do they come to you fully formed? Did you have like a little idea and spawn it from there? Uh, well, the taboo series specifically is like designed to be like just straight up escapism. Like, so the plot, there's not much plot. There's not much like intense character work. Like it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of heart, but it's, it's, they're just sexy books. And that first one was created because of two reasons. One was the pandemic. And like, when I get stressed out, I just like create because I, I'm in my house with people all the time now and I have no recharge time. And so, so I just, you know, I work a lot. And the other was Nikki Sloan's uh, Filthy Rich American series, where she single-handedly sold me on, like, father-in-law stuff, even though, like, it didn't the end the way that I wanted it to end because I was so sold on father-in-law stuff. Um, great books. Highly recommend. But I had this whole, like, grappling of, like, am I into, like, the father-in-law type thing? Like, I didn't think I was, but I think I am, and I just don't know. And And then the pandemic hit, or, like, that was right when the pandemic was, like, getting really bad. And so it just, like... I spouted off a tweet on Twitter. Like I can't write a book about like a woman who, you know, her fiance cheats on her and she screws his dad and Twitter's like, but, but you could. And so, (laughs) and and so it just was like this crazy, like it was like six days. Like it was insanely fast. um, Just out of me. Uh, And so those books have become kind of a escape. Like I call my dessert projects that they're not like as intense or like well intense as the my normal books but they are just like the perfect little like bite size like you can read them in a couple hours you don't have to worry about too much angst or anything like that like they just you know they're going to give you an escape from the world and they gave me an escape from the world while writing them so that's sort of how what spawned those and so I have I went through and made I have like eight total that will be written that are basically just like sort of ish taboo ish tropes that I'm like I want to write that I think that's hot and then I just go in and like like I'm writing the third one soon and it's going to be my daddy's best friend (laughs) so so we're just rolling with it okay first of all I'm so excited there's eight and also I want you to tell people about your writing because I was like stalking you on Instagram and I think it's fascinating how you like chart out all of your projects and track how much you're writing on each project. Like how, how did, did you always write like that? Like very organized or did you come up with a system? Um, I have, I never used to be that organized because I always had this idea that like, I always reach a little further than I should when it comes to deadlines. And so this last year and a half, I have done a lot of like, I guess character work on myself and like figuring out what works for me. And I took um, Becca Syme has this class that's like strengths for writers and write better faster. And it's like very much geared towards the Gallup strengths finder, like personality test or whatever. And so there's like 32 strength, 34 strengths and everybody has a different combination. And so I having discovered mine, I'm like, Oh, I just write fast. And so I need to like calm down and like, just go with it. And so 
by discovering that about myself and like realizing that like giving myself permission to go fast, essentially, I, I just, I, I'm very visual. So I like my spreadsheets and I like to like block out approximately um, like my minimum word count for each month. And so from there, I just project projects <laughs> um, and leave some flexibility because I'm mostly indie at this point. So I have flexibility. And so I have my foundational projects, which has been the Wicked Villain series and starting next year will be the Saving Valley series. And then interspersed with that will be dessert projects, which is like the Touch Taboo series. I'm going to write some monster romance because I'm into it. Yes, we are Just sort of like whatever tickles my fancy. And that has been a really good balance to like allow me to have a really high output without burning out because I'm not so locked in that I like feel trapped. Even though it looks like it, it looks really crazy on the outside, but it works for me. What, what's your, out of curiosity, what is your monthly word count that you try to hit? Um, my minimum, I, so I, I plan on a minimum of 40,000 words, but realistically I usually hit about 60, but I plan Dang, 40. That's a whole just, book. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty a much. whole book's worth of writing. Uh, yeah. So I plan 40 just because stuff happens and like, or if edits come in or like things. So that way I don't overcommit ahead of time, but I still end up overdoing what I plan. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. I'm impressed. Yeah. Snaps. Shawnee's clapping. <laughs> you just mentioned something though about monster romance. So yes. I, I want to ask you a quick question about this. We just read a book where it was a dragon romance. We love monster romance. Dra- love- dragon oh. actually by G.A. Aiken. I don't know yeah. if you oh, sweet. One. Yeah. And so in the book we had, Bridget and I both came to this conclusion separately. We were like, did you expect that there was going to be dragon sex in this book? <laughs> And we're both like, we, I want yeah. some dragon sex. <laughs> or at least some kinky, like, maybe it's not like, like, we don't want her to die in the process, but like, maybe yeah, like some he sort half of, shifts. He like half, he half shifts, shifts. Or like, he's chasing her as a dragon and then shifts to a man to catch her. Like, we wanted some, because she kept yeah. trailing her hand along his wing. Like, and I, I was mean, that's like, like, foreplay. Like, I know. I was like, <laughs> bring us more of that. I was into it. Yeah, I, that desire of, like, wanting, like, quote-unquote real monster romance is, like, I've been, I keep asking for it, and I know it exists out there because it has to, but, like, no one is recommending me these monster romances that, you know, just a little outside the realm of, like, you know, what we have already, and so I'm going to do it, (laughs) just because, um, just... mean, do you mean not cheesy? (laughs) No, well, I, hopefully not. Hopefully not. <laughs> uh, I may mean for them to be like, basically like the touch of taboo books, but paranormal monster romance. So yeah. like really hot, not too much of anything else going on, but like, you know, just some like monster boinking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we support this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we decided next year we're going to do uh, a season of just like alien and cyborg romances. Oh, yes. <laughs> we love them so much. Like so much. No, what's not to like? What sounds oh, like about a seven foot blue man who is a, has like a telepathic connection with you? And, and also his that anatomy is specifically geared towards like just lady pleasure. Your orgasms. Like, yes. yes. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so when you're writing your series, do you like already plot them all out ahead of time where you kind of know the characters or go with the I usually I'm not I don't plot like plot plot just because it doesn't work for me but it depends like for my baseline series my Sabian Valley series that I'm 
have coming up it's i went through and i know all the characters like the names at least in their positions because they all all seven books start on the same day so i needed to know these things and then i know like the main tropes but that's it and so then i don't i just know that going in and i'll like make notes as i like write through the series um with the like taboo series and stuff i just know the tropes and that's it and half the time they don't get names until like halfway through the book just because it's like just this uh you know rush of like creativity so I don't do a ton of plotting I usually know tropes specifically and some sort of character work ahead of time but not much beyond that that's incredible <laughs> you write so many books I'm just like there's so many things coming out because I was looking at your your list of books that came out in 2019 and 2020 and there was like 12 books or something like that yeah it's uh it's been really interesting because this year was only supposed to have like five releases and it's had like eight or nine or something like that and I'm gonna sneak in one more I think like if things go well and it's just I I I am very fortunate that my like stress response is to work more and that I and I found that I can't really take like I try to take the afternoons off like that's my balance but if I take like a week off I come out of that week planning three more series. So I can't do that. Otherwise I end up in trouble because it's like too many good ideas. Um, so it's just been, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what, ha- I don't know how, if I'll sustain this pace. I can't imagine I will, but it's worked out really well so far. So we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> do you make the, like, cause you're an indie author, but mm-hmm. are you being, are you submitting any of your future stuff for traditional publishing? Is that something you're interested in? Um, right now I do have one traditional series that is, it's contracted. The first book's done. It's coming out June of next year. It's a, like a Greek mythology retelling. And so the first book is Hades and Persephone. And the second book I'm writing right now is Eros and Psyche. Nice. Um, yeah. So it's been really fun. Cause it's kind of in the same world as Wicked Villains and Saving Valley. It's just, um, they're a little bit more plotty like they're more like single title than like just straight up sexy good times um so it's been really interesting working with a traditional publisher again because I've been indie for a couple years now and the the hardest thing I have adjusting is the timelines because I'm so instant gratification right now it's like wait what do you mean I it's not coming out for 10 months I don't understand (laughs) what do you mean the arcs aren't done like like, I'm done with this book um (laughs) so I'm trying like just have patience and like (laughs) because that's how traditional works but it's been really good I am really excited to like I've seen cover concepts for it and they like are so fresh and so cool and I'm really excited for to to figure out which one's gonna be mine and and just for everybody to read these books because they're delightful <laughs> it just it's i i'm yeah it's it's uh it's funny because it's series that, like i could not have sold pretty much anywhere else but i just happened to sort of pitch it to this editor at a convention with the intention of i was going to indie publish it no matter what like i was like i'm gonna write it anyway it's like sure we'll talk about it and she's like yes no i want this i was like oh okay (laughs) so so it's it's a good hopefully will be a good balance going forward I plan on staying primarily indie just because I can move as fast as I want and I can maneuver and change and like adapt easily and the money's really good like right now so I I pay my bills (laughs) it's really important to me um so but I I do want to keep a foot in traditional just because there are opportunities there that I can't necessarily get on my own what is the like I saw that some of your books are Kindle Unlimited or have been. 
you have like, I know you have the first book of the Wicked Villains. Well, at the time of recording, apologies, fair friends, it's probably not going to be free when we are publishing this, but currently it is for free. How do you balance like the promotions and all that stuff? Um, the, so I don't really normally mess with Kindle Unlimited just because most of my series are wide and have been. Um, I did an experiment with it with a, a old series from like 2012 ish that I got rights back on. And so I, I'm just seeing how it goes. I don't intend on being Kindle Unlimited just because I do pretty well wide and like, I like having eggs in more than one basket. And I don't trust Amazon over much. Um, so that that's an experiment with old books just because like, eh, like a ton of people have already read it. Might as well introduce it to a new audience. The free book is, well, I mean, the series is complete. So I'm hoping it'll like draw in some new readers to like now that it's complete to potentially binge their way through. We'll see if it happens. <laughs> I, I, in hindsight, I don't know if I would have started the series with that book because it so intense right off the bat and it's like it's pretty harrowing for a first book in a series if you're not prepared for that level of like of you know kink and stuff Ranch. <laughs> yeah yeah for real <laughs> um so hindsight but I yeah so I'm just uh I have some promotions lined up to kind of promote the first book while the sixth book is just coming out and uh I'll probably put it free on and off like every however often like I still have much impulse control so it's a lot of like mm, this sounds good I'll just try this now and see what happens and and yeah because I'm not great at promotion I don't really do advertising and stuff like the pay-per-click ads because I don't I just have a hard time with them and it frustrates me so I stopped doing it uh so a lot of it's just me just geeking out about my books and hoping people to see me talk about it and get excited well, you certainly have a lot of fans and stuff Shawnee and I were talking earlier like a lot of authors that we talk to don't like do merch. They don't do a lot of social media. Maybe they don't certainly do Patreon. Patreon. Yeah. Like, yeah. and we're always like, Hey, like people love your writing. If you can't finish a book more than one a year, you could probably like write short stories or sell special swag or whatever. Like what, how'd you start that? The Patreon specifically started because my, um, my mob series uh, had a pretty decent following and people were constantly like oh we'd love you to write like a story with this this character or these couples or like we'd like to see them again and eventually I was like I'm not gonna do this for free like I, I have to write stuff that'll pay my bills but like if you guys want to sign up like I can do a short every month and with this Patreon stuff which has sort of evolved into I do sign paperbacks through it to every other month like my indie sign paperbacks and I am doing a subscription box which again, impulse control. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But the main $5 tier is they get my indie books early and they also get to nominate, vote, and then I write a short story every like month, which is like not a huge, a large story, but it's just more of like a check-in with like, oh, what are these couples from Beast up to? Like, tell us what they're doing now. And it's been pretty successful. It's, it's kind of cool to see what characters get voted in because it's fun for me to revisit. And it is probably going to be the sole reason that I have an O'Malley's 2.0 series at some point in the future because I they keep having babies. And so I'm like, oh, and now like we moved up in the timeline to the babies are teenagers. So it's like, well, shit, I guess we're going to do that at some point. Like, all right. The merch is is just like, again, impulse control. It's like, oh, this seems like a cool thing. I think I'll be doing more with Saving Valley just because 
there are like three factions. So there's like that element of like sorting yourself that I enjoy. I don't know if anybody else will enjoy, but I enjoy it. So. Oh, everyone does. I mean, everyone, you've, everyone I mean let's just go to like Harry Potter's the easiest example. Like people still to this day are like, what house are you in? Yeah. I'm like, obviously Gryffindor. Hello. Have you met me? I wish she was less problematic because that world is pretty great. <laughs> I know that's the, that's the worst. I'm like, just yeah. stop. Just don't, just zoop, zoop. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> just let us enjoy it the way we want to enjoy it. I, I you know, we were, we just interviewed Nalini Singh, who is a goddamn delight. Oh, and yeah. I was reading one of her tweets and she said something like, you know, books, once you write them are for your readers, they're no longer for you. So however they interpret what you wrote, like if you, if you didn't expl- make it explicit on the page, they can read into it, whatever the fuck they want. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, obviously her tweet yeah. was 140 <laughs> characters, but I thought that's such a nice thing to remember even for us as like you know creators of a lot of different mediums like once you put it out there it's not yours anymore it's theirs now and they can look into it as much as they want to yeah it's I I mean I've been around long enough that it's easier for me to be like and release like it's it's only when people like barge into my timelines being like hey it's crappy that you did this thing and I'm like oh that is not for me anymore it's for you like I'm feel your feel the way you're going to feel I support you but also the book's written it's out it's out of my hands (laughs) um (laughs) yeah Yeah, I used to write I used to rewrite I mean like and this was like again in the beginning days of fan fiction um and probably even before that because I mean the internet was still sort of new this way but like I would read a book like a very physical hard copy book not like the way it went and then rewrite that book that's how I started before like getting on fanfiction.net before (laughs) I know that's like super dating but um but like that's how I did it that was those were I would rewrite everything like I don't like what you did there let's just rewrite the whole ending to this or or whatever whatnot and I think that's kind of cool because if people don't if they like your books enough right where they like the world you built but oh they don't like the twist you took well that might spark somebody to start writing you know Oh yeah. Well, in the fan fiction community is so like, there's so much cool stuff going on. I'm not actively participating. I just sort of am on the periphery occasionally, but like, it just mostly like anime related, but like, it's so cool. I'm like, you guys are so creative and like, I am so impressed by you. And like, (laughs) wow. (laughs) You guys, I know you can't see Katie right now, but I keep noticing the pictures behind her. And I feel like it very much subs up her writing. She has this like very romantic picture on one side with a couple, maybe in like 1950s ish looking clothes, sharing a very sweet kiss. And then on the other side, she has like, this black they're both in black and white like a man his hands on her neck kissing her passionately and like you just see their faces from the side and I'm like this is summing up quite nicely what's going on in your brain it's like right above your head too so it's like oh I want it to be sweet and romantic but also dark and nasty (laughs) sexy throat grabs all the sexy throat grabs (laughs) that's what I'm telling you man you know (laughs) throat grabs are hot as long as someone knows how to do it (laughs) yeah yeah my I was cracking up because I just finished edits on uh Sabian Valley number one like last week and one of the editorial comments was maybe there should be more choking during sex in this book and I'm like you know what you're right I'm gonna put it in there valid (laughs) Valid. can you ever have enough choking (laughs) apparently not so (laughs) (laughs) do you feel like (laughs) I wonder like when you're writing if you're writing thinking like hmm I wonder if my editor's gonna think I went too far this time 
I yeah I that book specifically because it has a lot of like hate like actual hate sex and it it gets pretty intense and I was like did I go too far like please tell me and she's like no it was great I loved it I'm like cool great I'm, I'm glad we had this talk but I have a couple friends that I text usually when I'm like theorizing on like would this be too much and at this point, it's just a joke because they always are like, no, go further. And so so I just uh, have learned to trust my instincts because I, my id list, for better or worse, matches up really well with like the readers that I found over the last like year and a half, two years. And so usually if I'm into it, they'll be into it too. So it, it's uh, it's worked out pretty well. It's funny. I actually just met. Um, so I got stuck in Florida for like seven months during covid and th- during that whole time, I had a, a pen pal who um, I met her on my first like uh, kink class that we that I did on Zoom, and we totally hit it off just because we were the only black people there. And it's and and the kink community is not that many brown people. So when you see one, you're like, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> so she messaged me like separately, and we were pen pals all of um, quarantine. And I just met her like in real life recently, and. Of course, we hit it off in real life. Um, and at a certain point, we started talking about books. And I was talk- talking about the podcast. And she and I was I was like, oh, we're going to do a dark romance uh, season. And all of a sudden, she just came alive. Well, she was already alive, but you know what I mean? And she was like, oh, what are you reading? You know. And then she gave me a whole list of like dark romances that she loves. But you know, with the caveat, she's like, these are dark. These are really dark. I mean, this is, and then she starts explaining what's in the stories and I'm like, I'm with you. Like, let's go, you know? And I think people think that there's some line, you know, but if you, 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 people like what they like and if you're writing that, they'll keep coming back for it. Especially I think in stuff that's more taboo and people don't want to talk about because I'm, there were tons of books that I was reading that I would never have admitted to anyone I was ingesting, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, especially these days. I, my reading is much not, or at least during in like March and April was like really dark, like really, really dark romance, which is not usually my thing. I, I like a little bit dark, like sprinkle it in, but um, yeah, but I, I've, like I said, like you said, I have your friends that you're like, Hey, I'm in the mood for like some fucked up shit. Like, can you help me out? And they're like, yes, here's a list. And it's, it's so nice. <laughs> Cause then you can text them and be like, why am I okay with this? But I really am. I'm super okay with this. I have no questions. And they're like, yes, that's me too. And it's just yeah. really affirming to like have your people. Yeah. It's very, that's our favorite thing so far about the podcast is like sometimes when your immediate close friends or family don't like, like the same stuff you do and think that you're kind of a weirdo um, or constantly like, oh, are you reading another smut book? And you're like, well, yeah, I am. And it's awesome. And you should totally read it too. Cause they're amazing. Hello. Um, but it's so fun like meeting all these people now and meeting all these great authors and being like, you're just like us. Like you like all this weird shit and your brain's going off on all these weird tangents. And we're all living in happy, happy plans. Happy. I mean, when Bridget, Bridget and I met, I think I saw a book on her shelf or something. And I was like, you know, like you read that book? I read that book. And I also read these books. And I was like, oh, you do. And that's literally. <laughs> that's how the podcast happened. That's how the podcast happened. I was like, you like freaky shit too? I was like, cool. I like freaky shit too. And <laughs> I think our, our podcast, if you like listen from the front to now, from the beginning to now, I mean, we've gotten so much freakier as it's gone on. I think in the beginning we were trying holding back a little bit more. At least I was, you know. Um, you definitely by- were. I was not. I was just like, 
It was probably me. It was probably I'm not the kid. Shadi was like, I would never tell anyone. I'm the person who'd be like reading my book with the scandalous people on the front cover as I walk down the street. Just and I and I used to cover my books and write Pride and Prejudice (laughs) on the cover so nobody (laughs) would know what was happening. One one thing I think is cool is like that the digital like Kindles or or whatever sort of digital books people are reading has kind of allowed people access to a much wider type of book because before like Johnny had, you might have to cover your book up or hide it under your mattress or something. And now everyone's like, who knows what's on my Kindle? Who who knows what's on there? Am I blushing? Am I just a little overheated? It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. When the Kindle just, it's also like the indie publishing scene has allowed for so many different niche stories to be told that makes me so happy because it's like stuff I like wouldn't necessarily be published by traditional publishers and now I have a whole list of things I can read because people publish it themselves and it's it's just a good like there I mean there are always drawbacks but it's it's just I'm it, I'm a happy reader these days <laughs> do you um I assume you write full-time and have been writing full-time okay yes I was gonna say 2012 I want to say I've been doing it full-time um originally small press and traditional and then in like 2018 the market fell out and like I was like I'm gonna have to get a job like I have (laughs) no skill set oh god because I was didn't you know I just worked minimum wage and then like became a writer and so then I went indie and kind of just unapologetically went hard on the stuff that I really enjoy which has you know, resonated with people who have found it. And so now I'm paying my bills and, and so Yay. hopefully we'll continue to do so. Heck yeah. The yeah. turnout that you have, you're definitely going to be able to do that. That is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will for sure be just buying all of your future books. Cause I was like, <laughs> I've read like three of them so far and I'm like, Johnny, you have to. Oh, speaking of which. Real talk, Katie. How do you choose your audiobooks? Tell us about them. Cause I'm excited that you have, like some of them and that more are coming out. So my taboo books will be narrated by um, Jenny Nordback of the Wicked Wallflower Club. Like she has like this great narration voice. Uh, COVID kind of mucked up our timeline a little bit, but they will come eventually. Um, The other books, I go through production company and kind of give them a, like when they cast, like here's what I'm thinking. And then they send me a bunch of auditions and I go through and listen to them all and pick from there uh, I've been really really happy with the results like the the guys that I was able to pick for the narration and the ladies too are just I it's really different hearing my books read aloud by like sexy man voices and sexy lady voices because I'm like oh god like who wrote this like oh dear like, <laughs> like turning the color of a tomato like oh my goodness um so it hits differently <laughs> It does. Um, I mean, I love, 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 like this, like the best sound to my ears is like a really deep, deep, rich male voice. And so, oh, when, when I get that, especially like when you hear the first line of an audiobook, and I'll, I'll be like, oh, this is, oh. <laughs> it's like half the, half the fun already. And I just started um, The Beast and I love the, the narrator for The Beast. It's a girl. Um, but I already was like, as soon as she started, I was like, oh, she's great. I lo- like, I love this. <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I'm really happy with them. I'm, and I'm excited for the 
uh, the timeline for releasing the books closer to like release will move up now that I'm I've caught up with my backlist. So the it Amazon just takes forever. <laughs> yeah, well, and also re- recording an audiobook isn't like a you know half a day event. It's like no. it takes a long time to get it all together. Yeah, yeah, I was I had planned on like trying to do like some of the producing myself, and I looked into it, and I was like, huh, no, I'm just gonna pay somebody to do this. Like, <laughs> you can figure it out. You send me the completed thing. This is perfect. I, I, I'm just gonna keep writing books. <laughs> <laughs> that is half the battle. Is a is a creative who works for yourself and like publishes your own stuff. Is like I'm the same way. I'll be like, I could do that. Let me look into it, and then I'm like, I'm gonna pay somebody. I'm not gonna spend the next three weeks learning how to figure all that out when someone else already knows how. Yeah. I had to like sit down and be like, okay, let's talk real talk. Like how much time would I spend doing this? I could probably almost write a book in that time. Like, and then, you know, actually make money on that instead of just, yeah. So time or money, you spend one or the other, no matter what. So I decided in this case to delegate. Yeah. That's awesome. Cause like, I only um, listen to audiobooks. Like I don't read physical books anymore. Like I can't, like my eyes don't track properly. We've tried, we tried it, I think twice on the podcast because they didn't have audio. And I went back to Bridget and I was like, we cannot do any more books that like don't have an audio version. I just can't read, you know? And, uh, which was a hard admission. I was like, I, like, I can't read. <laughs> um, so like, I just find that it, I love that when books are offered in audio, but also it makes it accessible to a different array of people in general. Um, Mm -hmm. when, when they are. So that's awesome. Do you work with a, uh, cover designer specifically or, or a bunch? Cause I also, the reason I chose your dad will do it first is because I love that cover with the thigh highs and like the lit, the red shoes. I was like, Ooh, I am here for whatever is going to be happening in this book. Um, I have a cover designer that works with my villains in the Saving Valley series, but actually I did taboo myself. Like I, Yeah, one of my, like, when, well, my five-year-old randomly will just not sleep. And so when I'm exhausted and, like, can't really focus on writing, I just cruise stock photo sites. Like, I don't know. And so (laughs) I, but I was like, oh, I'll just, you know, throw together a cover and just see what happens. Because I've never tried to do it myself before. And I can't do anything, like, particularly skilled. (laughs) I just am really good at finding stock photos that look good and then you know putting the text on there but I yeah I did those that all the taboo series and then my like paranormal ones are all going to be ones that I did they're all stock photos those are beautiful stock photos then yeah you just gotta scroll and like do some like weird like divots and and then you find one and you go down like a side alley and like and there they are (laughs) (laughs) and then you had you must have had someone though design all the villains ones because those ones have such a cool look to them yes those ones um definitely because that I could never do that myself and the uh I'm really excited I've seen the first the first book for Saving Valley the covers live the second one I'm doing a cover reveal next week at time of recording with my newsletter but I've seen the first three of seven books and they are all like in line with the villains as far as tonal and like they tie in a little bit, but they're all like flowers and there's three of everything or three of something on every cover because they're all menages. And it just, it's so detailed and so like intense. And I never like, she's a brilliant, she's brilliant. And I'm so happy. And I'm like, I, you're worth every penny. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like you had Shawnee at menages, an entire series of menages. We yeah. literally I mean, are constantly like, it could be a throuple, throuple I, alert. 
more should be honestly like I and that's kind of what I came down to with that series is like I wanted at least a couple of them but then I was like let's just do them all let's just do them all I'm sure I won't have any regrets about doing this like five books and it'll be fine um so four will be male male female and then three will be male female female so nice. there's going to be a little bit of everything I'm excited everything. I like it why have a love triangle when we can all just get along you know what I'm saying? <laughs> More love for everybody. Like, I, yeah, that's why my love triangles should always be throuples. Like, I don't always throuple. Always, <laughs> always throuple. Yeah. I, so I think it's really interesting that in, uh, romance novels, I would say male, male, female is much more common than male, mm-hmm. female, female. But obviously, in like porn or anything where like a man is in charge, male, female, female is like the pretty typical thing. And I remember I had a Minaj situation myself and all of my guy friends, when they like found out about it, were like, well, like, who's the other girl, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, why would there be a girl involved? And they were like, what do you mean? And I was like, obviously it was two dudes. Like, hello, <laughs> hello, have you met me? And they were just like, their minds were like, <sighs> they're like, well, but well, and I was just like, excuse me, if you're not doing that then you're doing a disservice to your lady okay because that's what she wants it's so weird not that some women don't want another woman because they totally do but in my case two dudes it's like it it sucks kind of like that's the assumption you know because Mm -hmm. when I would tell people that I had two partners they're always they're like oh you're bi and I'm like well no (laughs) but that was always the assumption right off the bat you know um also because I have short hair people just always assume that I <laughs> the strangest oh, no. thing it's the strangest thing <laughs> people was like oh I always thought you were you know like uh <laughs> but um I, I'm happy that that uh I guess all the books that are coming out the the menages the throuples and things like that they're kind of changing that skew and narrative and more people are not assuming uh you know what's going on um, and more open, which I think is just rad in in general. Yeah, it's definitely like probably 10 years ago. I don't know. Time has no meaning. At some point back when like before indie publishing was like real big, the there were like menages, but they were through traditional publishers. So they were like really taboo and like erotica and which is fine. They're great stories, but it's also there's a lot more nuance in those stories now, like or there's more nuance allowed like that it's just more like yeah this is the romance this is how it is it isn't necessarily erotic I mean mine are but like they exist those stories exist in like a level of or a scale of a heat level and like all sorts of stuff and it's awesome yeah 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 because I mean Shawnee and I firmly believe on sex on the page just because we like it we like to read it we like to be there we like to hear whatever i'm saying and feeling and squishing and poking and prodded and whose fingers are where and <laughs> she says and, that she says that but we when we've read books that we didn't know what the sex was gonna look like and we get to like a fade to black closed door we get livid <laughs> we oh get- i i get so upset i have to like verify with new authors that i haven't tried yet i have to verify before i go in because if i get i want to know 60 percent of the way through this book and and then it's a closed door i'm gonna be real upset really yes. like, it's yes. just not for me it's not my preferred reading level if there's going to be sex it better be on the page <laughs> yes it, or again like or in your description I want to know for sure that it is not it better say the word sweet and like 
you know, wholesome, I don't know, better say something yeah. on the cover or on the back where I'm like, okay, this blurb has told me it's going to be closed door. Because we read, read one and we thought, oh, it's going to be so great. Like the story was good. The writing was good. And all of a sudden we were like, mm, we've been reading the this next book morning. for quite some time <laughs> to the next morning. And I was like, I'll throw this book across the floor right now. <laughs> so bad. I think if Shawnee and I ever write books, which one, we have some short stories in mind, but if we ever write books, there's going to be sex. It's going to be on the page. One thing I think is the coolest about sex on the page is that like sex is a, a very vulnerable place in general. And especially for characters, you get to do a lot of like emotional work <laughs> during a sex scene. How do you balance like the mechanics and the sort of steaminess of the sex with the emotions? Um, a lot of times the first round through, it's a lot of like mechanic especially in menage ones like it's a lot of mechanics of like because I actually have like Barbies that I pose out occasionally because I'm like <laughs> is this possible like I need to figure it out but once that's through then I'll go back through and like filter in elements of like emotions and like uh, you know all the feels and vulnerability and like the other stuff that happens like beneath the surface level uh but I don't have like a hard and fast rule when it comes to it because a lot of it's just like like I've done this so long now that it's a lot of like organic feeling my way through and and like oh this sex scene feels like really stilted well it's because it's like a lot of he did this and then she did this and then they did this and then and so you have to like break that up so that it doesn't feel like you're reading like a scientific manual (laughs) I know that I'm not engaged in this in a in a sex scene if I want to like skip it and usually it's because it's like that it's like a whole lot of like describing what's happening and I I kind of want the the characters to tell me like you're, yeah. if you're licking something, tell me, tell me I'm about to lick this thing on you. Like, tell, like I want those, just those words to come out of the mouth of the narrator. <laughs> and there's a delicate balance too, between being like, like softening it, like the mechanics, but also you got to show the mechanics too, though. Like they, yeah. you need to know the things. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't use overly flowery, like euphemisms for anything. Appreciate that. Um, I also, one of my weird rules, and it's just for me, like, it's just a personal preference thing is I never explicitly describe like, like hair maintenance on genitalia or like the specific size of like a penis because everybody's got their preferences. And like, I don't want somebody to read and be like, uh, whatever inch, like that's too much or too little or too whatever. Like, and so I never, I never, those details never are in my books because I just, I read one many, many moons ago that I was, it was like, I can't remember exactly what the link, but I was like, that sounds terrible. I don't want that. And it was so distracting. <laughs> and so I just avoid those little details. Cause you know, the reader fills it in. Yes. That's yes, the reader. Fill fills it in. It in. Give yes. it, if you, you can give like three little basic descriptions and we can build a whole world mm-hmm. out of that. If you never say anything about a penis, we don't assume that they don't have one. Yeah. You know, like we just fill in our favorite size. That's yeah. just it. When you can I, say like, it's giant, but giant means different things to different people. So they can, you know, figure it out for themselves. <laughs> yeah. Also like in, like in real life, uh, like people say like size matters and it does, but size ginormous isn't the size that matters. Every different person is different. Like yeah. I would say like, I have a very short torso. And I have a very short canal. I don't need some ginormous situation. That sounds terrifying. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I can deal with a, so- a solid six, a solid six. 
We good. What'd you call it, Bridget? Husband, Bridget? husband sized. Husband sized. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> the one you want every day, all day for the rest of your life. You don't want to have to. You don't have to like spend all your time working your way up to it every day. You know, the husband sized. Sometimes you just want to get it done. You just like, want to yeah. get it in. You know, you don't want to spend twenty minutes working it in there. <laughs> have you ever had to scrap a book? Like, just been like, this is just not working, and then, um, not usually because I have like a uh like a check system that like before I start a book I there's it's like my brand it's like is it bonkers is it sexy as f is it villains or anti-heroes and are there like tropes for days and as long as it checks most of those things I'm like okay I'm gonna do this thing I mean I do have projects that I've started and not finished because that's the nature of the beast occasionally but I the worst I've had to do is I had to go back and Let's see. My last traditional series, um, the first book I had to rewrite like 85% of it twice, (laughs) Um, just because I was trying to do something that didn't work with like, one, the trope and characters, but also like with me, like I was trying to force it. And so it just wasn't working. And my editor was like, oh, so I hate it. Or like, she didn't hate it, but she was just like, it's not working. And so I had to like rewrite a good portion of it twice, which I never, ever want to do again. Um, I haven't had to since, but that particular book was just a struggle from beginning to end. And then the series didn't end up doing particularly well, which I think partly was because I had to force it. Um, But normally these days I, uh, like I have my goals is like I have to be joyful about whatever I'm writing and even though I there's a slog in every book and some books are more like troublesome than others but I haven't had to like rewrite huge portions or scrap anything because I have that joyful rule I I think that's why (laughs) hopefully well yeah because you wake up every day and you're like oh I'm excited to dip back in their story you're not like oh I have to go and finish I'm writing something right now not a narrative it's for um like a product video and I just really don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I could have finished it already if I just actually sat down and did it. But I just don't want to. I got to write it tonight because I'm on a deadline. Don't want to do it. Just want to read some books. I, I kind of have a, the same rule for music, right? So like we'll we'll make a bunch of beats and tracks and that sort of thing. And I'll listen to a track. And if my brain builds a world for that said track, then I'm like, then that's a good track. If I don't see anything, then I don't make that song. That's there's nothing for me there. That's kind of like the the rule of thumb. Because as soon as I see that world, I'm excited to write and make that thing come alive. When they can, like the listeners or readers can tell when you're like super into it or not. And I can tell, like in my reviews on every, like because every series has like one book that I'm like less excited about than the rest. Like it, I'm hoping that won't happen now that I'm being more intentional. But we'll see. But um, I can tell in the reviews that readers are like, oh, I really enjoyed it, but like they aren't losing their shit over it because I was not losing my shit over it. And so, and it's still a good book and it's still a good product. And I'm so proud of it, but I, that joyful element is like really important. And so I try to ensure that that's incorporated. And like I said, so far so good. <laughs> if you could live in one of your like book worlds, which one would you choose? Ooh, um, that's a good question. Uh, I would want to live in 
Carver City, like in the Wicked Villains, assuming that I'm not just like Joe Blow on the street. Like, <laughs> like, like, let me work for Hades. Let me do the thing. I'd be down with that. Um, yeah, cause I, yeah, I think that's my answer. <laughs> Carver City, nice. I mean, we like a good fantasy. We like we like the elements of it being you know, not like a contemporary. Like I, I want that removal. We've mm-hmm. talked about that a lot on the podcast. It allows for like a much easier, easier avenue for me to get into a character or into a couple. If I'm like, oh, well, they're clearly in some other place, not in, not in 2020 in America. And so it's fine if he ties her up and makes her beg because... This, you know what? Who am I to judge? This is another place. I can't. <laughs> yeah, that's, I always, well, I've started saying like my books are basically paranormal books, but contemporary, like they're a different world for all intents and purposes. And, and I've seen a lot of dialogue on like, do, will you put, not me specifically, but just in general, like authors, will you put like the pandemic into your books? And I'm like, no, <laughs> does not exist in my world. My world is like reality adjacent. And I think that well, one helps with my escape writing and also readers escape reading, but allows, like you said, that element of like suspending disbelief. So it's like, yeah, sure. This is not like the real world. So it's cool that, you know, he's banging her on the floor 30 seconds in, like seems yeah. legit. Um, you know, which you're like, obviously I would not be down with that in real life, but in this world it works. So we're just going to I, mean, go I wouldn't it. not be down with that. <laughs> and I haven't not ever done that, but <laughs> yes, also not a normal yes. response. But, <laughs> but it has been difficult when we've been reading like contemporary stories that are written like very realistically to nowadays mm-hmm. to, uh, allow some of the stuff that happens like the book will be so realistic that like yeah if the guy is kind of a douche then he's kind of a dude like you yeah. can't yeah. you don't feel the charm yeah. in that he doesn't like your like, friends run away run away him. yeah so <laughs> he's like a nice guy tm like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> and so it's hard to like suspend disbelief when that book is so close to reality mm-hmm. you know that's why i mean i like like the like mafia books and things like that that kind of Pull you away, even if they're set in the today time. They a lot of times they're millionaires, one or or billionaires. So I'm already like nice crime, Shawnee. Yes, organized crime. (laughs) So it already takes me out of the reality of my day to day life. This is not my homegirl. This is not my you know. I would never know these people, so I can also suspend disbelief in those types of books. But if it's like you know the corner store and the you know so and so and the mom and pop shop, I'm like that. Just it's too close. Now Mm -hmm. now I need things to run like they would run in in reality yeah when these days i start having like anxiety i'm like no one's wearing masks like what are you doing (laughs) and it's like no i need i need the full like divorce from reality to like so i'm not thinking about the fact that everybody has covid now or like whatever um because yeah otherwise i get i get i I didn't realize because i don't read a ton of contemporary when i'm writing it because i just i i just prefer not to and i read one it's been a couple months now i think but it was like I got stressed out. I'm like, oh God, like he just walked right up to her and like, he's so close and they're standing so close. I'm like, oh God, like that's not safe. And I, it was upsetting. <laughs> we, we read one where every kind of social justice issue was in the book, like like everything. And the, the one that we got mad about, well, there was a few, but one we got mad about was consent, right? So they had already banged, they'd already keep, 
ask for consent and whatever. And then every time they had an interaction, they kept I, yeah. like verbally asking for consent. Yeah. And we were like, yo, man. What did she what did she say, Shawnee, about the blowjob? She was like, Can I Can I put your dick in my put mouth? Your dick in my mouth or something? But it wasn't said like funnily or ironically, like or sexily. Like like sexually, like with a wink, like, ooh, can I put your dick in my mouth? You know, like it was like literally like, and he was just like, uh yeah, sure, great. And I was like, You guys have already had sex, like you're clearly you're 20 minutes the- into a makeout scene. Like, I don't think the blowjobs where he's drawn his boundary. <laughs> when like there are ways to filter and consent, like even check-ins and stuff without. Yeah. yeah just like a quick yes. More. Yeah. Yes. Or just yeah. like good, good, cool. Good. Or, you know, <laughs> are we doing up. this? Cool. Yeah. Are we doing, doing this? this? Oh yeah. Oh, we doing this. <laughs> oh, we doing this. <laughs> Uh, if you could see one of your like worlds, I'm kind of assuming it's Carver City, but if you, if, is there one story or from the world that you think would be a great movie or TV show? I actually would really, really, really like to see, well, I mean, I don't know if it's cheating cause it's not out yet, but like my Olympus, the dark Olympus series that's starting next year is so glitzy and dark. It's like a John wick type tonal. Ooh. And speaking my language. Yeah. So it's it's just so like gritty, but also glitzy at the same time. And like, I would love to see that on a screen somewhere at some point, <laughs> putting yeah. out to the universe. <laughs> Call me. Hey. <laughs> yes. You heard it here, guys. Call her. She's ready. <laughs> we are all about that. We want to make, we want to see these things get made. Uh, I like I feel like there's such a market for like the sexy darky romance like like the 50 shades or no nope that's not what it is yes but the 365 dni yeah like I mean say what you want about it whatever but like that um, there is obviously an audience for it Mm because that book was or that movie was on the top 10 of Netflix for a hot minute yeah well it got put on TikTok I don't know so yeah so a bunch of people started making these videos going Put on the movie 365 on Netflix and film yourself seeing the first scene or whatever. And so people started doing that and then it shot up to whatever. And the, everybody was like, everybody was about it though. People yeah. weren't looking away. No. They were, you know what I mean? They were just looking for the next, their next fix after that. Yeah. Because I think yeah. people don't even know that they want that fix until mm-hmm. they've, they've gotten it. And then, you know, because if I looked at myself when I was 20, I wouldn't, I don't necessarily know I would have categorized myself as kinky. I don't know necessarily that I would have been like, oh, you're so freaky, this and whatever. You know, I lived in my book mind world, but in real life, it was all very vanilla, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And it wasn't until I was like, I more just saw things modeled that I wanted to do and realizing that, oh, I could have those things. I could do those things that I was like, well, let's do this shit. Like, what are we doing? What are we talking about? Let's stop talking. Let's, you know, a little more action. <laughs> I think that, I feel like that, at least that's what I tell my kids, because my oldest is 14, almost 15, that I'm like, hey, like a great way to try stuff out is fictionally like read about it and read stories where it's featured in and featured well ideally and just see how you feel about it. Cause you might it might be like, nah, I don't want that. I read about it, I don't think so. Or it might be like, oh, hmm. And it's just such a great, like, safe way to, like, check stuff out. I mean, you kind of have to vet your sources, but, like, to, you know, to check stuff out and be like, oh, like, one of the highest compliments I get about the Wicked Villain series is people being like, I didn't know I was into this, but apparently I am. And I'm like, me too, man. (laughs) So, (laughs) so it's, it's just, it's really cool to see people trying stuff out fictionally. And I don't know if it will ever stay fictional, but being like, oh, I didn't know that this was hot, but I've been convinced. 
cool. Now, <laughs> I'll make a, now I will make a fat life profile and see if other yeah. people are also into said things. <laughs> well, even they just are. like keeping it, you know, there's a lot of things that you're never going to try in real life, but yeah. it's so fun to be able to like, just read about them and read a great story and like put yourself in the, the, the mindset and be like, Ooh, that was scandalous. Do I really want someone to do that to me? Probably not, but it just, I can now safely enjoy this, have my orgasms at home in the comfort of my home, and go on about my day. Well, that's so like, that's why I know that in romance, sometimes we get really intense about like setting a good example or like whatever, but that's why, especially dark romance, I feel like has a place because it's a safe place to explore stuff that you wouldn't necessarily want in real life. Like I don't, I read uh, Nikki Sloan's Sorted, which is just straight up like dubious consent at best. And I was like, obviously this is wrong, but also this is like hitting a id spot that I was not aware I had that is really like cathartic to read fictionally Mm -hmm. in a way that like, obviously if this happened in real life, it would be a completely different reaction. But I think that sometimes people can get really like defensive like oh like my guilty pleasure and I'm like it's not a guilty pleasure not just guilty. enjoy things like just pleasure just yeah pleasure. like if, if, if this book would not be written and would not you know still be around if other people were not enjoying reading it as well and having these fictional experiences as well like you know it's it's you're not the only one <laughs> for sure we, we also find like so you know we go through good reads when we read a book to see what other people do we also pick our favorite review that might be similar to what we're thinking about a book um and we find people on there who will like rate a book one star and they'll rate that book one star for what the book is fundamentally right yeah. so it's a, it's a dark romance it's going to be murky consent there's going yeah. there's certain things that there's a rainbow yeah. of things you know might happen in dark romance you know, yeah. and they go on there and they and they list all those things and they're like, that's why this book is a one star. And we're like, no, no, that's what makes this book amazing. Yeah. But also <laughs> well, like, like that was in the description upset. and the content warning. So why'd you even read it? That's what I don't get. I'm like, yeah, stop reading. Or they'll be like one star. I don't like this author. And I'm like, stop reading their book. This is my fourth <laughs> book by this author. Stop and I still it. don't like them. And I'm like, move on. Move on. <laughs> well, that's why I don't understand why authors get upset about one star reviews, because I'm like, those reviews sell as many copies as your five-star reviews because somebody's reading that being like, oh, this is exactly what I want. And (laughs) I mean, it sucks to have somebody be like, this book was shit. I hated it, you know, whatever. But it also serves a very important purpose too. And yeah, I just, you know, for everybody who's like yucking on some yum, that's somebody's yum and they are going to grab that book real fast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I will always grab a book that someone's like, it was too steamy. They had too much sex. I'm like, Tell me more. I have, <laughs> I've read so many books that are like, this book has gratuitous sex scenes. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it sounds like exactly what I sounds want. Sounds like right exactly now. what I want. Auto you know? buy. <laughs> and, and then like what you were describing earlier when, um, when you were talking about like the books that are just the gratification. Like I have a list of books on Audible that I just call my quickies. It means like I have already read this book. I know that it delivers on exactly what I need to deliver. And I only have an hour or less to get there. So I have my bookmarks already booked out and like, look, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, what do we got? Let's go. You know? So there's definitely a huge place, I think for those books, you know, I don't have, I don't, I can't, I don't have nine hours to get into a world. Oh my gosh. I don't think we've asked another author this, but what is it like knowing people are having delicious orgasms to your writing? I Or maybe reenacting some sex scenes, who knows? Maybe they're doing a whole scene about it. I haven't, I, I don't, spend a ton of time thinking about it because it's but I do (laughs) occasionally well 
I don't read my reviews much anymore, but like I used to when I was newer and like every time I'd see somebody be like, my partner thanks you for this book. Like, I was like, you know what? Well done you. Like, good job. It's, I, yeah, I, I don't think about it over much just because it's, I guess it's a little bit, imi- like, for, like we talked about earlier, like once the book's out of my hands, it no longer is mine. And so I don't really think about anyone else's reaction or anything when I'm actually writing because if I did I'd like be paralyzed (laughs) and so I just sort of like tell the story as authentically as I can and as hot as I feel like I if I feel it's hot I usually it resonates on that level with somebody somewhere (laughs) um so yeah I I I mean it's kind of cool but it's also not something I think (laughs) about too much (laughs) yeah I suppose you've already by the time it's out there in the world you've already moved on to your next story that you're thinking of and I don't know. I would be, I feel like I'd be sitting there being like, oh, this is hot. This is so hot. This is going to get him. This is going to get him. This is, <laughs> you type it seriously. <laughs> like, oh yeah, bam. Look at that. They ain't going to be ready for this. Boom. <laughs> well, I do share like sexy teasers in like on my public Patreon page and in my uh, Facebook group, like I cross post them just like when I'm like, holy shiitake mushrooms. And I'll like take like an excerpt and share it just because the reactions of people being like, God damn it, I'm at work. Like make me like ridiculously happy. So, so there is an element of like, I guess I am somewhat aware just because I do that, but it's, uh, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> every once in a while I'm like, this is really hot. Here you guys go. Do you like it? <laughs> You're welcome. And yeah. as a- <laughs> That's awesome. So you I assume right at your house because of COVID, yes. but did you, were you always a right at home or were you a coffee shop kind of writer? What was your pre COVID life like? Um, there used to be, I used to like when my, uh, youngest was really little, I would drop him with my mother-in-law and go right outside the house just to, to get away from him. Cause I love him so much, but you know, babies. I talk about on the podcast, literally every week about getting away from my children. <laughs> you are in good company. <laughs> first, first, of all, first of all, I edit the podcast, right? So uh, sometimes Bridget sends the, you know, these things to be edited, but right in the middle of it, she'll be like, Kira, get out of here. What are you doing? God damn it, Kira. Okay, sit there. Now be quiet. I, mommy's got to finish you recording move, this. you have to get move. out. <laughs> so all of this will be in the recording <laughs> when I'm editing. I'll be like, say hi to Shani. <laughs> hi, Shani, Nani. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I write, I, but in the last couple of years, I've really like, I have my, like, I, well, not a couple oh, man, words are super great. I'm doing great. Yeah. Um, since we moved into our house now, like almost six years ago now, I have an actual office. It's like my space nice. and I've slowly been like outfitting it and stuff. Like I have a walking treadmill now. And so it's, Ooh, that's cool. I want one of those. Oh, it's, it's amazing how it. I underestimated that it not only makes me write slightly faster, but I think it's because it just like I click in and it's like deep work immediately because I'm just moving and not dicking around on Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so I, I definitely write at home now. And like when someday when the kids go back to school, I will still be writing at home because um, it allows me to like, like I like to move a lot and it's hard to do that at like a coffee shop. Cause you can't like get up and meander around or like, you know, whatever. I mean, I guess you could, but I always feel weird about it. So I like, I like my little like nest in my house. <laughs> I find that like for me, cause I also, I've been working at home now for even before I had kids for the last, I don't know, five or six years with the exception of a couple of days a year, like on sets or whatnot. Um, 
And I find the hardest thing for me with COVID is the, like, I, I didn't leave my house very much anyways, mm-hmm. but the idea that I can't <laughs> is really like the struggle. Cause it's not like my day-to-day life has changed all that much compared to most people. Cause like I had babies at home. I was at home with the babies and working already, mm-hmm. but it's like, I can't just like put them in a front pack and go to the grocery store. If I'm blocked on something I'm working on, or I can't just like, Oh, well, you know what? Today I really want to go get lunch and sit at a place and have someone bring me like, you know, refillable sodas for the next two hours while I type on my computer. It's like, like those are the struggles for me at least. Yeah. It, my hardest thing has been that I'm never alone now. Like I used to have some reprieve at some point. Cause my youngest had just started pre well, he did preschool last year. And so he's supposed to be in preschool this year. Supposed to be five days a week, five mornings a week. And I was supposed oh, to have two myself. Sweet, I was sweet, so excited boy. to be like alone, like fully alone in my house. And then, you know, COVID happened. So that is obviously not a thing, but, uh, so that's been the hardest part is that I'm like never alone. And like, I'm an introvert, so I need that recharge time. So I've had to get really creative on like acquiring it because, it makes me a little like loose around the edges after a while. Yeah. I started totally telling my little kid, but I'm having Bridget time right now. She says, is that the same as mommy time? I say, no, mommy time is a time with you. Mommy time is a time with, you know, Leo. Mommy's the time. You know, uh, Bridget time is Bridget time. Bridget time is not time with you. You don't get to be in Bridget. Bridget time is time by Bridget self, Bridget by herself. <laughs> You get it, and she's I, like, she'll come in, and I'll be taking a hot bath, and she'll be like, "Are you having Bridget time or mommy time?" And I'll say Bridget time, and she's like, "Oh, okay," and she'll like oh. sneak back out, and I'm like, "Go find your dad and get out of here." <laughs> I, I invested in because I don't have a door in my office, which was, mm. you know, hindsight was not a great idea, but I invested in uh, noise canceling headphones. So nice. every once in a while, when I get like frazzled I'll put on like classical music or like some sort of like there's like calm playlist on Spotify that like they searched out and found and I just put that on and like read even though I'm in the room with like my entire freaking family it like helps unwind a little bit because oh geez <laughs> I love them so much but sometimes I'd like to be <laughs> apart from them noise canceling headphones were the best thing I ever bought in the last year like mm-hmm. hands down I didn't know I could have that kind of peace like in, you know, so I, a lot of times I wear them everywhere, the grocery store, like anywhere I feel like nobody's going to attack me from the back. <laughs> I, I like to wear them because like, it just brings everything down. Even if they're not on, you know, active, mm-hmm. it just brings dulls everything to a level that doesn't make me insane. You're sound sensitive. Anybody out there, if you sound sensitive, get yourself some voice canceling headphones. Yeah. Yeah. It saved my freaking life. Saved my family's life too. I, <laughs> I only <laughs> tried to feed them to wolves like once a week now. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I am very impressed yeah. with I tell my daughter I'm gonna throw her in the garbage can. I'm gonna throw you in the garbage can. You better watch out because she's so little still. <laughs> God, parenting is the best. I brought you into this world, I'll take you out. This is why we do so much creative work, you know, because we have to escape the parenting into yep. the creativity to stay. Well, and that's like the only time that I'm in a room by myself most of the time is when I'm in my office. So I just end up retreating there, which is then I'm like, well, I'm here. I might as well work. And that's how I'm writing like a gajillion books is because I'm escaping my family. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect reason to be writing all of us a bunch of deliciously smutty books so that we can read them and be happy. You're doing the Lord's work. <laughs> doing the Lord's work, providing happiness and quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> I try. <laughs> So Katie is here providing us smutty goodness and some escapism in quarantine. 
You guys, we are reading The Beast. It's coming out the end of this week. We are very, very excited about it. Katie, tell the people a little teaser about what they can expect on Friday. Um, So The Beast is a Beauty and the Beast retelling, except instead of just uh, like, you know, Beauty and the Beast, there's also Gaten, which is like the hunter type. (laughs) And they, um, she dated simultaneously with consent, both men previously, and the relationships blew up in all their faces. And so now she needs them to like come back to like their territory to like help defend it but they aren't super interested in that because they have a lot of baggage with her and so they sort of agree to this temporary sex pact uh to kind of like work through their issues and stuff to see if it'll work out and they're all terrible at communication except when they're naked so it's like non-stop like sex while they communicate because every time they put their clothes on they just are a mess and so it's it's yeah it's them fucking their way through their issues which is was a delightful and she's kind of got a shame kink there's um some elements like with another lady at one point like it's it's just real sexy (laughs) yeah you guys it's a christmas miracle christmas present for us all (laughs) it is a second chance at love (laughs) the second chance it is oh my god we still hit it oh i'm so happy now because okay katie we were talking about how the reason i stumbled upon because i was looking for sexy christmas and christmas we kept finding all these books that were like second chance chris like you know small town romance single divorced mother goes back and finds love again like all these like and they were very feelsy most of them were more hallmarky versus mm-hmm. steamy and i was like someone has to be writing erotic christmas that has to be out there <laughs> and that is how we stumbled but now we're hitting both we got the second chance romance and the steam i'm here for it i did it you guys katie did it i did it it's all it's a christmas miracle it's all happening it's <laughs> a christmas miracle it's all meant to be <laughs> One question we've been asking a lot of our authors at the end, especially ones who've been in like longer relationships, is you write all these happily ever afters, you write about your characters. What's the one thing in your personal relationship that you would say is kind of like the cornerstone of a successful partnership? Um, I think ours is well, I mean, communication obviously, like is the biggest thing, but also it was really helpful. It always sounds so cheesy to say this, but like the love languages of realizing that, well, it, ours, we're lucky because ours match up. But so when I am like trying to make him feel loved, I'll be like, oh, I'll just, you know, access service. I'll do some dishes or some shit. And so like having those tools is super helpful to be intentional about because a lot of times, especially with like small children or a pandemic or, you know, like various life stuff, like you kind of become ships passing in the night or just like people coexisting together. And so it's really helpful to have those tools to be like, oh, I want you to feel loved right now. So I know that doing this will help you feel loved. And instead of, you know, just, it, it, it helps that it helps the communication. <laughs> yeah. And also the, and yeah, I like that you said about the intentional, like you're intentionally telling them in the way that they receive it, that you mm-hmm. love them and that yeah. you're prioritizing them. Yeah. That's great advice. Well, you guys, she gives great advice. She writes great books. She's great books. the she's the package. She's, she's the, the whole package. package. She's the whole package. <laughs> Guys, if this wasn't a pandemic, I'd be like, Katie, come on out. Let's hang out. <laughs> oh my God, Katie. This has been so fun. Thank you so much for taking some time away from your glorious brood and talking to us. 
Well, thank you for inviting me. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.